Hello everyone, this is Latasha Blanton from the Real South Africa Travel and Tourism. And you're gonna have the opportunity to travel with Phil Scott to... Sunny South Africa. You guys are gonna have the opportunity to come to Johannesburg and you guys are gonna be coming to Durban. And we're gonna set it up perfectly. It's gonna be like a luxury experience for you guys. At the same time, you're gonna be getting some culture. And of course, you're gonna get an opportunity to talk to Phil, hang out with Phil, and get his views on Africa and South Africa. You're also going to get an opportunity to explore the lifestyles here that are available in South Africa. And we're going to do all that for you in an amazing 10 days. We do hope that you go to the website and book because we do look forward to seeing you here. Absolutely. Our website is therealsouthafrica.com. Go there, scroll down. You'll see a picture of Phil and just go ahead and book there. So we'll see you here in what we like to call sunny, sunny South, South Africa. Africa. You know, when I was in primary school, all the way through high school, they would teach us history. And part of that history was white people came and explored. And in part of their exploration, they discovered things in Africa. That is the part that used to get me. How did you discover these things in Africa when Africans were already living there? And then they just renamed it into the whitest names they could think about. There's a fresh water lake that covers both Kenya, Uganda, and a little bit of Tanzania. And um, that lake is called Lake Victoria, named after the Queen of England. As if, as if that lake did not exist before the British explorers got there. The truth is, the lake was there and it was being used by the people. And the name that the people had given it was Namlolwe. But because that was not white enough, the white man in their wisdom decided to rename it to Lake Victoria. And the thing is, we've been convinced that there was no African, there was no civilization on the African continent. Yet, if you go back to history, this is the cradle of mankind. There was some form of civilization here and a way of life before these people came here. They came, and while we were here, they discovered the Cape of Good Hope. They discovered us, they claimed. While we were here, they came and pretended to discover all lakes and all rivers. That is how they came. While we were here, they came and pretended that we had no history. But let us assess history, if only to demonstrate to ourselves that the African continent is the cradle of human civilization. You know, when Europeans were still living in caves, the Dogon in Mali had already recognized the stars. When the Europeans were still eating raw meat, the Africans had discovered fire. The Africans... But we have been so beaten over the years. We have been so abused over the years. They enslaved us because they feared us. They colonized us because they feared us. They now have a new project, the neo-colonial project. And I'm told that the neo-colonial project is a twin of another child called colonization. Their mother is imperialism.
And imperialism never changes its character. It only changes the masks that it wears. We must be wary of it. It is sad. When they came here and abused Christianity, they told us to close our eyes in prayer. And when we opened our eyes, the land had disappeared. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Ndiro Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, having conversations with you guys about black people, Africa, our empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Today's video is really interesting because it takes me back to the times where I was in primary school and high school. That's well over 15 years ago. And that was the time that we were beginning to learn the geography of our country and the continent and the history. And we we're learning about the explorers who first came to Africa and discovered things. Shout out to Vasco da Gama, who we learned about in geography and history. And, you know, they would tell us all these things about how this lake was discovered by this explorer, this mountain, this, this, everything was discovered by white people. And, you know, by then you're young. And also I think the way the curriculum has been structured or the people that wrote the curriculum, because also the Kenyan education system until now, when we are rewriting it, was done by the colonialists um, because they were living in Kenya. They did the curriculum, most of it. And it's just what has been there over and over the years. And we try to tweak it and turn it to suitors. But now is when we're beginning to take charge of our education. And I would say that that education almost painted the Brits who came to colonize Kenya as some form of heroes and not villains. Actually, we were the bad people in our own stories. You know, we were taught that there was only punishment for those who refused to work. Yet what was left out is that Kipande system was forced labor with violence, you know. Um, so we were being taught about all these things and you're really young to properly comprehend what actually you're being told and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And for the sake of exams, you know, you, you just absorb all of it in. And then we grow up and we begin to ask ourselves questions. We genuinely begin to ask ourselves questions because I remember CNN journalist Larry Matawa just went on a hike to Mount Kenya and he took a really fantastic picture, the peak of Mount Kenya. And there's a lake or a freshwater pond um, and it's named Lake Albert. Lake Albert! 70 years later, 100 years later, that lake is called Lake Albert. The people of the mountain, the Gikuyu community, they used to pray to the mountain. So you want to tell me that nobody in that community ever scaled up that mountain, saw that lake. So it was the, the British colonialists that scaled it up, found the lake and renamed it. And the sad thing is, with some of these things that were renamed, we don't even know what their original names were. It's almost like our history has been whitewashed. We are all just white people in black bodies because how is there a lake in the heart of Mount Kenya, land owned by the Agikuyu community, and that lake is called Lake Albert. There's a lake, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, that uh, is shared by Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania, Lake Victoria. At least this, because it's in my home region, I know the history of it because my parents have told us the history of our people. It was called Namlolwe. But because there's this need to show that 
Africans did not know anything before we came. It was renamed to Lake Victoria. And until this day, it's still called Lake Victoria. And that's one thing that Dr. Patrick Lumumba is, is talking about and saying, we really need to disassociate ourselves from what we were taught is our history and truly connect with what our history was because it's not as crude and as uncivilized as we've been made to believe. Outside of that, in rewriting or trying to paint history in a positive light that favors them, it started with slavery, right? Then it became colonization. And when we fought colonization, they came in a new way and made it neo-colonialism. Now, let's just interrogate how colonization found its way to the African continent. Again, when they teach us history, they teach us that they came as missionaries. They first came as missionaries. And this is a discussion for another day. But that's the reason why I am having a problem currently relating with Christianity and religion as is. Because it's a white man religion. Like, it, it literally is a white man religion. Because it was brought to us by, by the ship over the sea. And the question that I'm always asking myself is, wasn't there religion before the white man came? Wasn't there a way of praying, connecting to the ancestors? And I'm lucky because this is something that I was taught in school and I've seen it, you know, like in Ghana, there's, there's, there are very few, but there's an African traditional society church and we have our own belief systems. But, you know, when the white man came, it all got whitewashed and now that is voodoo and, and it is witchcraft. But that's how your great-grandfather prayed. Like, don't even go far back in history. Don't go far back in history. My dad saw colonization with his own two eyes. Kenya got independence after my dad had been born. And even after independence, it took years before everything was finally handed back to the local people. So my grandfather was in the mix of colonization to mean that for a better part of his life or maybe my great-grandfather they had the privilege to be authentically and unadulterated africans so you want to tell me that they didn't have a way of praying they didn't have a god you know um different communities are different ways of praying some would pray facing the ocean some would pray facing the mountains some believes in the, like there was so much power and there was belief and then the white people came and religion came and it's been weaponizing all different shapes forms and sizes but what i am trying to say is they came with the bible and Africans closed one eye to pray. And when they opened their eyes, the land was gone. And if you did not relinquish your, uh, your land, you got a bullet to the land. So why are we still so obsessed with our oppressors? Why can't we? And I think Africans need to get to that place where we begin to question some of these things. You know, we need to start it. And I like that black Americans do that. Like you can't tell black Americans nothing. You can't rewrite their history. They know their history. You can't whitewash it. You can't make it palatable. You know, there's nothing palatable about slavery. You can't rationalize it. You know, and I like the fact that they make you sit in that discomfort. And when people say, oh, it was a long time ago, it happened. It doesn't take away from the fact that it actually happened. And they will make you sit in that discomfort so that, you know, it actually happened. And so that you think twice if you want to perpetuate that cycle again. And that's where Africans should really get to a place where we make you sit in your discomfort. We question everything that you're telling us. And then we retrace our roots and say, 
does this work for us? And then we run with it. If it was not the Portuguese, it was the Dutch. If it was not the Dutch, it was the Italians. If it was not the Italians, it was the French. If it was not the French, it was the Germans. If it was not the Germans, it was the English. We were victimized. That is our history. And when slavery had lost its luster, some from within their ranks pretended that they were abolishing slavery. They introduced yet another thing, the thing called colonization. They came into our continent and claimed that they had discovered us. They came, and while we were here, they discovered the Cape of Good Hope. They discovered us, they claimed. While we were here, they came and pretended to discover all lakes and all rivers. That is how they came. While we were here, they came and pretended that we had no history. But let us assess history, if only to demonstrate to ourselves that the African continent is the cradle of human civilization. You know, when Europeans were still living in caves, the Dogon in Mali had already recognized the stars. When the Europeans were still eating raw meat, the Africans had discovered fire. But we have been so beaten over the years. We have been so abused over the years. They enslaved us because they feared us. They colonized us because they feared us. They now have a new project, the neo-colonial project. And I'm told that the neo-colonial project is a twin of another child called colonization. Their mother is imperialism. And imperialism never changes its character. It only changes the masks that it wears. We must be wary of it. It is sad when they came here and abused Christianity, they told us to close our eyes in prayer and when we opened our eyes, the land had disappeared. That is who they are. They are not our friends. I can still hear through the vicissitudes of time, your own Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe saying, there is only one race in the world, the human race, but the whites have forgotten that. The Arabs have forgotten that. The Chinese have forgotten that. It is only we, who have, we Africans who know that there is only one race, the human race. It is our duty to remind them that that is indeed the divine instruction. Because the God that I worship cannot be bottled in little religions. The God that I worship cannot be contained in little books. The God that I worship is imminent and omnipresent. He is resident in our minds and in our hearts and in our very veins. 
It is only we who Africans who know him in truth. You know, one thing I love about Dr. Pielo is that he's very educated, very exposed, but also still very African at heart. I, I enjoyed listening to this whole speech. It's very, it's, um, it's eye-opening. And also I'm just at a place where I'm very keen to find out who I am as a person outside of the civilization, white civilization lens that um, we've been sold to over the years. You know, the other day somebody said, um, English speakers, most of them just speak English. And here on the African continent, we speak several languages, but we are almost made to believe like we're not smart or intelligent enough just because we cannot speak English. Yet, if you look at languages, Sosha and Zulu, those are hard languages. If you just look at the semantics, the phonetics, the diction, it's a hard language. You know, for me, I speak Luo, my dad's native language. I speak Luya, my mother's native language. I speak Swahili and I speak English. You know, those are four languages. And then you'll have one person who speaks one language tell you just because you cannot speak their language, you're not smart enough. And this also happened when... um I was in Cape Verde and I met somebody who was speaking broken English and they kept apologizing. And I said, why are you apologizing? You know, you speak your native language, you speak Portuguese. Nobody made English the measure of intelligence except the people that need us to think that they're intelligent. Anyway, thank you for watching this video. Um, these are just questions that pop up in my mind. This video is just also my own musings and maybe also you can comment down below what you think or where you are with questioning some of the things that we've been taught and made to believe over the years. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you again next time.